Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan tonight as we bring you another great episode here of Talking Circles. Tonight we're discussing Justin Haley's future in NASCAR. Does this win at Daytona do anything for his career? And what will it be like for him for the future of NASCAR? We'll discuss that. He's at Right now he's at Colic Racing in the Xfinity Series. Where will he go to the Cup Series if he gets to the Cup Series? We'll discuss that. Plus a little bit of an interesting little tidbit about Spire Motorsports' win this weekend at Daytona International Speedway. They currently sit 32nd in owner points in the Cup Series. Will this – can they race into – if they get in the top 30, they will transfer into the owner points playoffs. We'll discuss what that means exactly and if they have a chance of doing it, if they will do it, and what that means for the future. Could, could a team do this in the future, and what would it mean? Plus, we'll also just uh, preview – Kentucky. We got the trucks, Xfinity, and the Cup Series in action this weekend, the Triple Header weekend, and the future of Chip Ganassi Racing. What will that look like? We'll discuss that as well here on Talking Circles. 917-889-8280 is the number to call here tonight on Talking Circles to get to Clayton Caldwell here with Philip Matthew or Spencer Cowan. You can talk to all three of us here tonight on Talking Circles. That's the number 919-917-889-8280. That's the number to call here on Talking Circles. So, guys, I want to get right to it here with Justin Haley, a, a win that has really um, gotten a lot of pushback from a lot of fans in the industry because of the fact that he really didn't, wasn't running up front all day. Um, you know, he stayed out. It's not the only time in NASCAR history we've seen it, but it's really the only time in NASCAR history we've seen it with a team that was running so far in the back. Dave Marcus won his final cup race in 1982 at Richmond in a very similar fashion where he stayed out and the leaders pitted, but what people forget to tell you is Marcus was running fourth at that point because there was only four cars in the lead lap, was able to stay out, and the reins came in a similar situation, and he was able to get his his fifth and final career victory in the Cup Series. This was a little different because Haley was running about 30th when the reins came uh, and stayed out, but but he gets to win no matter what, guys, and I just want to kind of take Justin Haley here, and to me, he doesn't deserve any of the blame here. He's a good driver. He's done a nice job in the Xfinity Series this year. Ran trucks a year ago. Um, what you know? We all remember his his non Daytona win, I guess you can call it, from last year. Uh, we'll start with you, Philip Matthew. What are your thoughts on Justin Haley? Can this win in Daytona get him some more exposure than he than he didn't have previously, and can it help his career? What are your thoughts on on Justin Haley? Considering who he's driving for, it it really is, it, it's something where at Colleague Racing, there's talk that they're trying to expand the two teams and Ross Chastain might be joining that team amongst all the different efforts that Ross Chastain is being connected to at this point. And then you consider Justin Haley, he ran well at Talladega. Uh, result may have not shown that, but he ran relatively well there. And considering what this team has been all year, he ran better than their average. And then Daytona, basically, because it's the same thing, you're la- you're trying to sit there and last and hold up, uh, you know, when everybody else wrecks each other. Um, 
and they they utilize strategy and they utilize NASCAR's and capability of running a race properly to their advantage, and they they went and stayed out and and won the race. It, it for Justin Haley, I mean, is I think he's his family or he's related to Doug Stringer in some way, who most famously is like Great Clips and used to be a big for Aikens Racing, and they used to support Casey Kane and uh, I guess some, uh, what do you call, Jason Leffler and a few other people along the way. And he's been a benefactor and supported Justin um, for a while. The Fraternal Order of Eagles has been a big supporter of him who was on the car and uh, on Sunday, and they won. So, I mean, I think in the end it's going to help him. Do I think it's going to mean he's going to get some big-time cup ride? I mean, I know we talked offline. There might be possibilities of him getting into a decent uh, effort, but I don't know how viable or how likely that'll be uh, as of now because he hasn't. He's only really contended in about two Xfinity races in his career, and both of them were at Daytona. Uh, other than that, I mean, generally he's been fine. But I don't think he's doing any better than what Ryan Truex was doing or or Blake Cook before that. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how his career plays out from here on out. How about you, Spencer? I mean, uh, we've got to keep in mind with college racing. They do have an association with Richard Childress Racing. Uh, that team is sort of right on the grounds there in Welcome, North Carolina, right in the same uh, situation, right in the same property. As, as Richard Childress Racing. So their association goes a long way. They have their, uh, they had three cars at Daytona. If you remember, he finished what was second after uh, A.J. Allmendinger got, got uh, disqualified. But he's had a pretty good year in that car. Um, you know, that team's still, I think, building their organization up and, and, and doing a lot of things. So, you know, without a cup affiliation as a young kid, without a cup affiliation, it makes you scratch your head a little bit. And, you know, he mentioned, Philip mentioned his little tie-in and, and – I know for a fact, and I don't know about the Doug Stringer connection, but I know for a fact that uh, he's, he's the nephew of Todd Braun, who used to be uh, Braun Racing, used to be yeah, there in the you Xfinity go. Yeah. Series for a while. And, um, you know, there's there's talk, too, I've heard rumors that Todd Braun is somehow affiliated with the charter of the 37 Cup team. Now, I don't know how true that is, but uh, just keep it, just keep that in mind as going forward that maybe he might have an affiliation with that team going forward. But right now, Christopher, Chris Bush is in that car doing a hell of a job, so I doubt we see any movement there. Um, but he does have some family ties with uh, a big-time driver, uh, a big-time former car owner in the Xfinity Series with Todd Braun. So what are your thoughts, Spencer, on, on Justin Haley? And what about this win at Daytona? I mean, listen, I'm sure if you ask him, you know, on Saturday, would he like to win it the way he did on Sunday? He'd probably say, no, I want to get my first win a little bit more dramatic way. But they don't just put cup wins on trees out there where you can just reach and pull one down and say, I got a cup win. See, you know, it takes a lot to win a cup race. And uh, there's no doubt, you know, all the cards had to fall a perfect way for Justin Haley to find victory lane on Sunday. But he was able to do it. And he gets the victory lane. And I don't think it should take away anything from his from his career. But what are your thoughts on Justin Haley, Spencer? Yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from him. You know, I think eventually he'll end up in the Cup Series somewhere. You know, we don't know where he'll end up. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, he's doing uh, reasonable over there, uh, his Xfinity bunch. Um, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, obviously, um, the way the points work over there. 
but the way he was able to grab that win, you know, he was running in the back. I think he was in the three pack with Chastain, and I forget who else was in it. And um, um, pretty much the whole race. But the fact of the matter, you know, they missed the big one, and they were put in position to go win that race. And the crew chief made the call, and it's a gutsy call. But he, I mean, tech, well, let's put it this way: they really had nothing to lose. We all know that whole deal with fire and their whole um, their whole way about they really don't care about being competitive. Um, they're just there. It's a money scheme, quite honestly. And but I really. Just because he won this race, I don't think it is going to help him get into a cup ride any easier. Um, now, if he was up front racing, blocking, leading a lot of laps, showing that he can really run uh, a cup car and is competitive, then maybe. But just the outcome, the way he won the race, um, just getting lucky, I don't think this will help him get into the cup series any faster. And I'm not taking anything away from him as he's driving. Um you know, he has three truck wins. He obviously knows how to drive if he can win and put it in victory lane. So um, I think we'll have to see how far he goes into the playoffs in the Xfinity Series, see if he can really be consistent and advance in the rounds. And hell, he could be there in the final four, and you never know what could happen. So, um, yeah, that's my outlook on it, and we'll just have to see and wait and see where he goes. Yeah, he's currently eighth in the standings in the uh, Xfinity Series. He's got – Two top five finishes, including his second place run at Tal- at Daytona uh, on Sunday. He also in the uh, Charlotte race earlier this year. He finished fifth for Colleg Racing. Um, eighth in points. I don't think that team right now, as they sit, is a championship contender. But I think we could certainly see him uh, maybe progress into one if the team gets a little bit better. If if they find themselves here, uh, we've talked about it really in the Xfinity Series. It's a three three team championship run with between. Um, Cole Custer, uh, Christopher Bell, and um, there, there's a, a, another driver there who's really had a Tyler good Reddick. year in the Xfinity Series. Tyler Reddick, thank you, um, for Richard Childress Racing, who's really had a good year. Um, and again, they're affiliated with Richard Childress Racing over there in the Xfinity Series. Haley last year in the Truck Series won three races. Um, he finished third in the standings, was driving for GMS Racing, uh, number 24 truck. He won Gateway. Uh, he won at the road course in Canada up in Bowmanville, and he also won Texas um, and, you know, was able to find victory lane three times, which is pretty impressive. You know, moved up to the Xfinity Series. I think he's done a little better than Ryan Truex in that uh, 11 car. But it's going to be interesting to see how that win plays out for his career. Again, I don't think anybody writes him up as far as, like, hey, that's how I want to win my first race, guys. Uh, a range-shortened race at a super speedway where we kind of hung out and, let's be honest, lucked into one. But – yeah, they lucked into one, but again, they don't put cup wins, you know, out there for for not. You know, they don't they don't put it out there for for people to go. Yeah, let's just let's just buy one. You know, you really got to work hard to get one. And uh, he's done a heck of a job this year in Xfinity. Um, but you know, at the at the same time, um, I would I would take that cup win absolutely. Uh, and you know, he can build his career off of it. I mean, Chris Buescher a few years ago for Front Row Motorsports got his first cup win in a range short and race at Pocono. Um, and I don't think people hold it against him. You know, he's really having a good year in that 37 car this year, and you could build a career that way. You just got to keep it in mind, hey, you know, yeah, he's got a cup win, but it was a rain-shortened win. Um, you know, also was a Canaan East Series champion back in 2016 as well. So uh, that's kind of Justin Haley in a nutshell. But it's going to be very interesting to see how Spire plays this. And, and that brings me to my next point that I want to discuss here. And that's Spire Motorsports, Spire Racing, however you want to call it. 
you know, and if you're not familiar, they're sort of a business that uh, is like an agency that represents a few drivers here, um, and they bought the charter. They really how they came into owning a, a race team per se is they bought the charter from Furniture Racing a year ago. Now that charter and each charter, um, and and I want to make this clear before I continue, sort of has a um, a monetary value behind it based on where it's finished in owner points over the last three seasons. So the charter from the number 78 team is a pretty valuable charter as it sits right now. Um, they, they've they got a, a a lot of money, you know, because of they're making a lot of money this year off that team because of what that team did a year for the last three years with that 78 team. I mean, uh, Truex was a champion two years ago, very good last year and very good the year before. So they got some, you know, value in that charter. Right now as it sits, that charter is now 34th in the owner points. They're behind Starcom Racing, behind Premium Motorsports 15, and Front Row Motorsports is 36, and Front Row Motorsports is 38 with David Reagan. Um, they are way behind David Reagan, who's the cutoff there in owner points. Now, in order for them to make the owner points chase, now, if you're unfamiliar with owner points and how this is going to play out, it's a little bit different than driver points. Now, there's two separate sort of points, Banks that we have in NASCAR in all three series. There's driver points, which is what we primarily use uh, when, when talking about the points. You know, when we look at drivers and what they've accumulated over the year, you know, that's why Ross Chastain, he's accumulated driver points, although in the Xfinity series, although he's driven in three different cars this year uh, with the four, the 10, and now the 16 with his win at, at Daytona. Now, uh, it's a little bit different because he's no longer accumulating that because he's in a truck series now, but Let's just say he was in the Xfinity Series still. He would accumulate all those points that he's run for all three cars. Now, each team, each number has an owner points behind it. So each car has sort of its own set of points. Um, and that's why there's sort of two different championships. And the Cup Series, it's pretty much, usually, it's pretty much um, simultaneous. You know, we see if you make the playoffs in the Cup Series, it's usually because you're with a team that runs full-time and you're running with that team full-time, and vice versa. You know, uh, But this might be the rare case where somebody makes the playoffs, the team makes the playoffs, although Justin Haley's not eligible. So uh, this 77 team, Aspire Motorsports, has an opportunity to make the owner points playoffs with their win at Daytona. Now, they've got a long way to go. They've got to gain a lot of points on David Reagan, uh, about, I'd say, 90, 85 points on David Reagan in the next seven races, and 30th in the next seven races to get into the top 30 in order for them to be eligible to make the playoffs in the owner points. Um, what that would do for them is it would really create a lot of a lot of revenue for that team over the next couple of years. You know, I mentioned how it takes the a charter is takes the three years and, and basically where that has finished in owner points over the last three years is how valuable that charter is. Well, this year it's going to go down – after after this year, that charter is going to go down significantly if it finishes 34th in owner points because when you take what it's done the last two years – the first two years with uh, Furniture Racing and then this year what it would do in 2019 with Spire Motorsports, uh, it, would, it would bring that average down significantly. However, if they make the owner points playoffs and the worst they can finish is 16th in the owner points, that creates a much more valuable charter, a much more valuable entity for them moving forward in the Cup Series. Now, I know I threw a lot of information at people. I know it's kind of convoluted and crazy, um, 
But at the end of the day, all you need to know is they they could finish in the top 30 points to make the owner points points championship. Um, they got a long way to go, and I don't think they're going to be able to run and do this. But for the future, you know, Philip, I think it might have changed the, the ball game a little bit if they won at Talladega, hypothetically. Instead of Daytona in July, they won at Talladega in April. And they said, hey, um, you know, now we're going to run for the championship, or we're going to run for the owner points championship, and we're really going to put up a, a big effort and try and get as best we possibly can. They still might do that and get, put a little bit more money towards it, but it won't be as big of an emphasis because, again, they're so far behind. But it sort of creates a very interesting little uh, side note to this win with Spire Motorsports that they're outside the top 30, and if, if they were in the top 30 in owner points, it would create a very interesting little side note there for them. What are your thoughts on, on that whole owner points and with this charter situation um, and, and really how valuable this charter is? Do you think they're taking an opportunity and really missing an opportunity to make some more money down the road by not going for running by not running hard and making these playoffs? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think the ship has sailed in terms of trying to make the playoffs because no matter how uh, poor – the cars are in terms of how the performance is in front of them. They've been that bad or worse. Uh, the And when you consider that it's basically, you know, like, like Spencer mentioned, it's, it's, it's a business, it's a business transaction. And I know you and I talked about it earlier that basically outside of Rob Kaufman, nobody has really made anything on these charters. Barney Visser didn't make anything out of this, uh, you know, after basically having what 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 amounts to the most valuable uh, charter in, in the sport. And when you when you consider that that somebody could they could go like finish in the top four in points or finish in top four two years out of two, three, including a championship, and then finish in the top eight the other year. And all you can get for the charter and whatever the parts and pieces you had there is like six million dollars. It tells you that there's not a very high value for the um, charters in general. Uh, do do they go for the owners' chase? I don't think so. Um, I was saying to you that you know they'd have to put somebody that isn't Quinn Huff. Uh, in that car, I would assume that Jay Robinson would have to basically shift the focus from, you know, Ross Chastain running the 15 car to being in the 77. And then even with that in the next, whatever, seven, eight race, however many races there are left, he'd have to beat whoever's 30th in points by 10 positions, meaning they'd have to run in the low tw- in the low twenties, which they've only beat. They've only finished above like 20, Second, I guess, I think maybe three times all year. So, uh, I mean, it's 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 an interesting uh, deal there. If they were to try to do it, I don't think that unlike Ross Chastain's uh, move to go and get points and try to win a championship in the trucks, uh, it's way less viable based on the performance of the vehicles that are there and based on who they seemingly have driving those cars on a weekly basis. But it would be something that would go and make the theoretical value that I put in air quotes better for the charter. But I don't know how serious Jeff Dickerson or whatever Spear, whatever that other guy is, 
uh, they really are about this whole situation. Yeah, and I think the most important thing you talked about there was their finishing results. And let's be let's I got them up in front of me here, and let's let's talk about them for a second. They, if you remember correctly, that Spire team, their first race this year, they ran number forty with Chip with Jamie McMurray. That was technically a Spire entry, although it was for all intents and purposes uh, a Ganassi effort with Jamie McMurray in the Daytona 500. They finished 22nd there, and their win at Daytona in July with Justin Haley. Other than that, their best finish is 30th at Phoenix with Quinn Huff. So um, Quinn Huff. So it, it's been a it's been or excuse me 29th at Pocono with Quinn Huff. So, um, you know, it's been a tough season for that team. And, you know, you're right. I think they would have to sort of focus on one entry at Premier Motorsports and put uh, their best driver, which is clearly Ross Chastain, in that car and say, let's go for it and, and see if we can do it. But, you know, what makes it interesting is, is you know, what I talked about with, with McMurray. You know, when you look at, at what happened in Daytona, um, and, and that was a – we all know this, and I think everybody who's – uh, would agree with this, who watched Daytona and was there for the whole weekend, that was the Ganassi car at Daytona. There's no doubt about that. That was the third Chip Ganassi racing entry. Um, and in the middle of the season, because after Daytona, I'm sorry, everything's com- uh, com- to me, everything is considered in the middle of the season. They switched, not only they're not, not only they're to premium motorsports to run their team, but they swapped numbers entirely and went to number 77, and now they were sort of out of the premium motorsports banner. So it creates a very, very sticky situation for NASCAR because if you're, you know, let's say uh, what the Wood Brothers did a couple of years ago when they ran part-time, 18 races, however many races they ran. Let's say there were seven races going a year, and, and, you know, Spire Motorsports was in the exact situation they were in right now, and they're looking at it, and they have just the charter value, and they look at it and go, huh. Well, there's a part-time team in the Wood Brothers who is a lot more competitive than Premium Motorsports. Thanks, Premium Motorsports, for all your help, but we're going to take our charter, and we're going to put it into the 21 car, and the 20, and we're going to, quote-unquote, buy part of the 21 car, and the 21 car for the rest of the year is going to be Spire Motorsports. And they're going to, we're going to, quote-unquote, field the 21, which we all know would be focus and see if we can't boost our owner points up because well our charter that is tied into the 77 and the 40 and now the 21 might be able to get into the top 30 in owner points and we want to it creates a very very sticky situation and i'm sorry you can tell me all you want about the way nascar well well they would never let that happen i've seen unbelievably ridiculous things go on with owner points and with charters, I mean, for all intents and purposes, guys, the 32 the, – if you're not familiar with how the charter situation works, and this is what drives me crazy about it, is right now how the Wood Brothers are locked into the field and how they have a charter is because Go Fast Racing, which is the 32 team, when they originally got – the 21 car is using the 32 car's original charter, okay, and they sort of – merged a few years back to get their charter. Now, the 32 has the charter of what was the number 33 car with Circle Sport Racing a bunch of years ago. And Joe Falk, the owner, quote-unquote, of the 33 car, is now part owner of, quote-unquote, the 32 car at Go Fast Racing. It's ridiculous how it all plays out. And NASCAR allowed 
that to happen. So for all of that to have to happen to me is insane. It's not out of the question that somebody would do this exact scenario I just gave you. And it would create now, as far as the driver's championship is concerned, which is the main focus in NASCAR, it really wouldn't be that big of a deal. But for the owner points championship, it would create a very interesting thing because basically you'd have a team that was 16th in points get knocked out by by Spire and no longer run for the championship in the owner points battle when their driver is running for the championship in the in the uh, in the driver points. So it would create a very very sick, sticky situation. Um, so you know, to me, it it. It's something NASCAR sort of needs to look at and uh, really nip this whole Spire Motorsports swapping numbers, swapping teams in the middle of the year. But that's part of the problem right now is that they're not a team. They're sort of just a possession, an owner of a, of a, of a charter. So that's where it gets messy. And you can say, well, they are a team, but technically they're not. So it gets a little bit messy there and, and – I know it's a lot, and it's, it's sort of uh, it, it's convoluted and it's crazy to think about, but it's not out of the question that you know if there's a part-time team that ran this year, let's say if they wanted to go to Front Row Motorsports, and Front Row Motorsports says, we'll go through the fourth car for you. They would never do that because it would knock Reagan out of the points. But let's hypothetically, we'll through the fourth car for you, and you give us some of the money at the end of the year. You never know. You just never know if teams would do that. Uh, it makes it for a very interesting scenario Going forward, 917-889-8280 here, Talking Circles with Clayton Cole, Philip Matthews, Spencer Cowan. Spencer, I want to go to you next here. Um, some things going on that I'm hearing about uh, some the silly season news. What's your prediction on Ross Chastain? I mean, here's a guy who, you know, we, we heard after the win at Daytona on Saturday, on Friday night, excuse me, um, that he was going to go to a – it's very high possibility him running a second car there at um, at Colleg Racing with Justin Haley, being a teammate of Justin Haley in the number 10 next year. He's won that car part-time this year. He obviously won with Colleg over there at um, at Daytona. What are your thoughts on, on Chastain and how possible do you think it is that he's able to go out and uh, run for that for that number 11 team next season? I mean, I think it's very possible. You know, obviously that organization likes him. Um, they let him come over and run their race cars. And, uh, you know, now he has a win for him and he got their first win. Um, so it's very possible, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, if there's no way he can find a good cup ride, um, which, you know, the silly season still isn't over. As we all know, it's just now getting kind of started. Um, so I feel like if he was able, if he wasn't able to get a good cup ride, that would probably be his only option. Um, like I mentioned, I think the U offline, you know, if all else fails and they didn't run a championship, win a championship with Nice, maybe run a full season, start for points from the get go, and uh, or even if you won a championship with Nice this year, maybe run a second year in the trucks. You know, just just until the right opportunity comes. You know, I feel like he's been with all these mediocre team with JD Motorsports, nothing against them. It's just they don't have the funding like these top teams. And, um, you know, I think all three of us agree that he deserves a top ride. I mean, you saw what he did in chip stuff. And, um, you know, Cogling, they're uh, they're a good organization. You know, they're building, and they have good uh, RCR, ECR alliance over there. Um, so I feel like if he was able to go there, he could be a possible um, 
championship contender just because he's so um well how would you say that he's so uh he's already he he knows what he's doing in the race car um you know he has a lot of experience there's my word and he could definitely go out there and get a championship and that'd probably be his best bet to have a solid ride instead of keep fooling around with jay-z and all them and really get his name out there really compete for championships and then his day for a big top uh cup team is definitely um out there and it's it's only it's just waiting for him put it that way and uh he's going to get it eventually but yeah that's a possibility it sounds sounds good sounds uh legit sounds like it could happen so um you know if that's the case i'm sure he'll give it 110 percent and um we could talk about Coughlin winning their championship in the fifth year of being in nascar yeah i don't want to this come off uh sounding bad because um I, I think I respect JD Motorsports and I respect Premium Motorsports, but I think Ross is kind of done with those guys. I think he's kind of looked at Premium Motorsports and he's done all he can there. Something with JD, um, and they've advanced his career. I mean, if it wasn't for people like Johnny Davis giving him an opportunity, Jesse would be out of a, out of the series and he'd be out of NASCAR. And when you look at what how much talent he has, that'd be a, a, an absolute shame. Um, and you know, it, it sort of reminds me of another driver who. Again, last night, if you were watching the Slinger Nationals, Matt Kenseth won the Slinger Nationals last night, but who did he beat? But a guy who's red hot right now in Ty Majeski, who he just nipped at the line to win the Slinger Nationals last night, Matt Kenseth. But, um, you know, it, it sort of looks like him, where maybe there's just not, not a lot of opportunities out there right now for Ty Majeski to get into NASCAR, although he's proven himself over here in ARCA and even in, in the other late models racing that he's done, that he probably belongs in, in NASCAR in some capacity. Now, he's really boosted his um, you know his resume here over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of months, I should say, with what he's been doing. But, um, you know, uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of silly season left here, Philip. Uh, what are you hearing over there? You know, Ganassi has been a kind of an interesting topic. I've heard a lot of different things come out of that to where everything from where – they're closing down uh, in that their NASCAR team to where um, you know there might be some driver changes over there at Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, what are you what are you hearing and, and what do you think could happen over there at Chip Ganassi Racing, Philip? Yeah, I mean for <clears throat> I mean you think about Chip Ganassi being the mogul that he is. Uh, he's dealing with in his IndyCar team the the fact that Alexander Rossi is a free agent on the IndyCar side and there's a possibility that they're they're thinking about. It may not be serious, it's, but you have to – that it's a thought and it's a possibility. They're a Honda team at the moment. Honda has a real uh, support of Alexander Rossi. He may go to the 10 car and they may move on to Felix Rosenquist. They have a GT program with Ford that is basically at the end of the year going to end. He's been in sports car racing since the Grand Am series, which is Jim France, who runs NASCAR now. It's Jim France's baby uh, since 2004 in some way, shape, or form in prototypes. So they might be going to – they're debating on what they're going to do, whether they're going to go prototypes or what they're going to do with the GT program. So that's also going on. Then you have the logic of what's going on with their, their Xfinity program blew up with Ross Chastain because of the whole DC solar deal. But they have two cars, Kurt Busch, 
is kind of, you know, doing what he wants to do because he's heard at this point in his career and what he has done, no matter whether you want to like or you have you like or don't like Kurt Busch, he's done a lot in this sport since he came in and like a blaze of glory in the year 19 in 1999, uh, winning the, winning the Southwest tour title in 2000, winning truck rookie of the year. And then in 2001 being a cup rookie and going from there and being a champ, the first champion of the chase format. And the, he kind of has a free reign in terms of what he wants to do. And it may mean that he's going to run the one car next year. It may mean he goes and drives a prototype next year. It may mean he gets to drive some sports cars and drive some IndyCar and drive some NASCAR if Ganassi's involved in NASCAR. The fact is we talk about charters and we talk all these convoluted things. The Rob Kaufman is a silent partner at Ganassi these days. So it wouldn't be surprising if he takes over that or you have – Felix is still there. He may decide he wants to own one, and then and Rob Kaufman takes the other. Then it becomes this whole chess game, you know, in terms of who's going to keep these charters. Kyle Larson is a, is somebody that's on uh, that a lot of people are talking about. There are some opportunities or options that might be there if things go south or Ganassi decides he doesn't want to go and continue in the Cup Series. Um, I would specifically look at Stuart Haas, and then secondarily Hendrick, because Hendrick has been there multiple times. Those are the two most likely places. Um, mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, on the flip side of that, if they were to, say, not have any drivers as of, you know, both, drive, both Kurt Busch decides he wants to do whatever he wants and hang out with his beautiful wife, and then you want to go, and then Arani's a limo driver, which is a big fall-off, besides the point. And then you want to go, and, and, and Kyle Larson leaves. Ross Chastain becomes a big piece in That'd terms the of if they're going to – Yeah, it would – he'd become – he'd probably drop in as one of the options because if there's a – I don't know if there's a bigger fan of Ross Chastain other than Spencer – than than Chip Ganassi. Um, I believe that Chip Ganassi feels bad about what happened, and I think he feels as though if he could give him a real shot in a cup car, I think that he would it would pay off in spades. Uh, it would be I would definitely think that Ross Chastain would be in play. We talked about Justin Haley to start the show. Justin Haley, I, I mixed up the Doug Stringer with, with Todd Braun. Of course, Doug Stringer and Todd Braun did business for many years together. Um, the reality is that might be in play. Jeff Dickerson being a former Ganassi guy, working there, working sponsorships, stuff like that. There's that connection going on. Uh, I mean, Haley might get the call up quick. It may not be the best idea. But, you know, we've seen that in previous years. You also look at Eric Jones, uh, the possibility that yeah. he may get moved on from, and they're like, well, we want to get a guy that's been built up and may have not been given the best opportunity, 
and then we get a make good contract. You get two young guys really hungry, pushing each other with a Chevy camp that is starting to build and make something happen on their side with this crappy rules package. And it may actually be a really good situation. So, I mean, that's my two cents. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's completely, it's completely just, you know, like darts, throwing darts at this point because there's, and also just observing the, like reading the tea leaves based on what Chip Ganassi is having to deal with in terms of three different series and him having, being the mogul that he is. And I'll say, I'll say this, if, if, Chip, for whatever reason, and, and I know you're saying he's got kind of – I wouldn't say issues, but there's questions about his entire – all three divisions he runs in. Um, you know, If his NASCAR team goes away in some capacity, that would be a, in a very, 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 very alarming situation that NASCAR would need to look at. First of all, whether or not these charters work, which could be – I think we could do four shows on, on the charters and why they don't work or why we, they do work. Um, just diving into them and really look at it and just say, well, maybe we need to look at an entire new business model because when you think about what Chip Ganassi has, you know, you talk about Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch is one of the better drivers in the Cup Series, one of the most well-known drivers in the Cup Series currently right now. Um, he's done a heck of a job in that one car this year. And if you can't keep your team afloat with Kurt Busch and Kyle Larson, who arguably, arguably, uh, arguably, man, if I can speak correctly, is the most talented young driver in the sport today, um, and that was kind of alarming when Target left. I, a few years ago, you kind of sat there and said, well, if they can't find sponsorship for Kyle Larson, you know, that's going to be alarming for NASCAR because he's a young kid who's got a good personality, um, and he's really, really talented. And he's with a team that can win. You know, he won three races when Target left, and you kind of sat there and scratched your head and said, you know, um, if they can't find a big-time partner behind him, that's kind of alarming, and I, and I honestly believe Part of it has been that they haven't been able to really re- replace Target. You know, Target was such a big aspect of that race team, whether it be in sports car or in IndyCar or in the Cup Series. Um, they really haven't been able to replace that yet. And, you know, there's still some work to do. I mean, for how we're, we're talking about it, there's the silly season is – I feel like it's like almost a volcano right now, and it hasn't erupted yet. It's sort of underneath the ground, and we're kind of sitting there waiting for it to go, okay. And once it erupts, it could be – Massive. It could be a massive silly season moves with everything we're going to see, or it could be very, very tame. It could be just say, you know, well, there's a few changes here and there. You know, we know Christopher Bell is kind of up there right now. Um, you know, we kind of see what we're going to see with Chastain, but there are some rumors out there that there could be driver movement, significant driver movement. So um, it's going to be very interesting silly season as the as the season rolls on. Something we're going to keep an eye on. But I know you want to talk about Ganassi there um, and just kind of talk about how that team was sort of in limbo, even in all three series. So it is kind of curious, you know, whether or not Rob Coffin's going to stay there or not, whether or not uh, Felix Sabatis is still going to be a part of that organization, whether or not, uh, you know, that team stays in capacity, how it is. There's still a lot to be determined here. And, and it could totally stay as it is, you know, and, and this is all just speculation on a lot of people's part. But, um, you know, we'll see as that moves forward. Uh, 917-889-8280. The number to call. I want to preview the Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and Cup Series before we close out tonight here, guys. Uh, Triple Header Weekend in Kentucky at Kentucky Speedway, one of the most difficult tracks on a schedule just because of Turn 3. Turn 3 is one of the hardest tracks in NASCAR right now with how uh, flat it is compared to the other parts of this racetrack. Uh, the Truck Series is 
buckle up in your truck 225 NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series. The race is going to be run Thursday night. That's tomorrow night uh, if you look at it. Rackley Roofing and Clay Greenfield is down. That's something to keep an eye on. I was told that's a Toyota from Kyle Busch Motorsports for Clay Greenfield in the number 68 car uh, truck this weekend. So uh, that team, if he runs good, he's going to he's got a four race deal with Rackley Roofing on that truck in the 68. If he runs good, there's potential for that sponsor to carry him through the entire 2020 season next season. So keep an eye on for Clay Greenfield. But other local drivers, of course, we have our main regulars. You know Todd Gilland. Uh, you have Johnny Sauter, you have uh, uh, Brett Moffitt, you have Harrison Burton, Austin Hill, uh, you know, Ross Chastain in the 45, of course, is going to be down to your in the 52. Brandon Jones is in the 51 this weekend for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Kraft is in the 88. Envinger in the 98. Ben Rhodes in the 99. Somebody else to keep an eye on that I saw this week that's got a, an interesting ride. Uh, State Water Heaters, they're, home t- they're headquartered uh, – right near Louisville, Kentucky. So they are sponsoring Jeb Burton and the 44 truck as a teammate to Ross Chastain. Now, Jeb has a lot of experience in NASCAR, and uh, he's got a truck series win to his credit at Texas Motor Speedway a bunch of years ago for Turner Motorsports when you remember that team all the way back when. But here's Jeb now driving a 44 truck. It could be Chastain's best teammate uh, all year long, so that's something to keep an eye on. Spencer, what are you looking forward to in this truck series event at Kentucky Motor Speedway? Uh, this weekend? Um, you know, I think it's going to be a good race. You know, I think it's going to – the truck races, they never really fail. You know, they always put on a good show, um, I feel like. Um, but, you know, I feel like you're going to have them KBM trucks that are really going to be searching because, um, you know, they are on jeopardy of not making the playoffs. And, you know, it's crunch time. You know, we all – the truck series um, is shorter. The season's shorter. Um, so they don't have as many play, uh, playoff races left as Xfinity or Cup. Um, so there's going to be some real, some guys that are really, really going to be aggressive, and you know because that's their only shot. You know the way um, you know you have guys running with Chastain now eligible. You know we already talked about that how that shifts uh, a spot or whatever. Um, so it's I think it's going to be crazy these next couple races. Um, for some certain guys that are really wanting to get in. And, uh, I, um, and I don't know if we'll have to see after practice how um, good, you know, the Nice trucks are going to be. And um, that's cool to see Jeb over there. Uh, I, that's a big sponsor, honest, because, uh, you know, they sponsored Kurt on the cup side. So um, that's cool that Nice is able to bring in a big sponsor like that. And I know they're, they're with Jeb, but um, that's good for that team. And I just hope it's a good race. And um, it's going to be exciting these, like I said, these next couple of races to really see who can win and get in and see if uh, Ross Chastain can keep up his story or if he fades off. And that's interesting, too, because I want to see, like you mentioned, if they're really bringing their stuff or they're saving or, you know, they could have used it all up and fall off. So um, it's going to be interesting, and we'll just have to see when the green flag drops. Yeah, and the most interesting part about the truck series this weekend, I think, is the fact that, uh, you know, you talked about Chastain. He's basically going to lock himself into the playoffs this weekend. Uh, no matter what happens with – unless he wrecks. You know, he's got 10 points again on Jennifer Joe Cobb. I think he'll do that uh, in, after stage one. So, um, once he gets into the top 20 in points, you know, it's sort of gravy for him, and he gets locked into the playoffs. And that puts – you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, how it puts Harrison Burt – or excuse me, Todd Gilland and, and Austin Hill in sort of a precarious situation where Todd Gilland might be in a win-or-go-home situation. So, he could be uh, a – Sheldon Creed as well in GMS. So, they, they could be kind of making these desperate – 
um, strategy moves there in the truck series to sort of get the win. Um, Philip, how about you? Who do you think is going to win the truck series race this weekend? And what do you think about the trucks at Kentucky on uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, it's going to be the with the the changes they made to the racetrack here the last few years. It <clears throat> made it a little more interesting. I mean, it's an SMI, SMI decided to make the corners two different configurations. I mean, the reality is Kentucky Speedway is like a meh racetrack. Uh, I would say that I, I would definitely put Ross as the favorite to win tomorrow night and the way he's been running at these in general uh, says that he would be. Uh, he's done well on every, virtually every type of racetrack that you could have. You've had the cookie cutter track. He's done well at the super speedway and he's done well at short tracks and he's done well in the whatever you want to call the in between that. So I and he won Kansas, so the the reality is I think it would uh, correlate re- relatively well, and he did well at Texas, not as well as he had in other races, but he did all right at Texas, which is a similar of a track as you're going to get to for Kentucky. And when you consider that there's going to be a lot of desperation going on with the uh, KB, KBM trucks, and you have Bruckshot wasting the 51 truck. So, I mean, it's whatever. They they have to put more investment in the four and the 18 to make sure that both of them make it or one of them make it. Or, However, uh, the there's a couple of those, like you talked about, Clay Greenfield. Spencer Davis also is with a, a team that I think is a K&N or, or an ARCA connection going on there with Mark Rett. And uh, that's another decent truck that's going to show up. So that's going to make it a little more difficult. And, uh, you know, Tyler Ankrum's back this week in a decent vehicle for the first time in a few weeks since he was the uh, start and parked or one of the Joe, you know, I mean, Joe Nemechek trucks for the last few weeks. So there's a few people that are in there that could possibly mess with the status quo, but in the end, I, it all starts and ends with that 45 truck. I mean, Jeb Burton being there, bringing the family. I mean, State Water Eaters has supported Ward and has stayed with Jeb, and they, they've been a good sponsor for him. And he's a really good driver. He finished third in truck points years ago for uh, Steve Turner, and it never went anywhere after that really for him, unfortunately. But he's a sleeper pick on uh, tomorrow night. But I think it's going to be a, a Chevy kind of evening. Uh, I think whether it's Ross Chastain or whether it's Brett Moffitt or, or in terms of Sheldon Creed because he needs to win to make the playoffs at this point. Uh, I think it's going to be a Chevy kind of evening. Uh, tomorrow night in Toyota's backyard because Toyota's most of the Toyotas are made in Kentucky. So yeah, that uh, so they claim. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting for sure. Spencer, who do you think is going to win a truck series race before we move on to the Xfinity series? Ooh, um, 
That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to have to – I think – I'm going to go with Harrison Burton. Um, just because, you know, they really have to – you know, they really need to win or they're in tr- – well, they don't have to win, but it's close. And um, he's been close. They've been running good, and it's in a KBM truck. And I tell you what, if neither one of them can win this year, Kyle Busch is going to give them an earful at the end of the year because – uh, I mean, everybody else is one of them trucks. And, you know, I know they're young, but so are the other guys when they won in them too. So, um, I think uh, Harrison Burton, there's a few guys, honestly. That truck series is so competitive, so it's really hard to say. You really don't know until really after stage one who can win these things. Um, so, I, I think, uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a Toyota. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to see. Yeah, I think uh, another guy to keep an eye on, guys, we haven't talked about. Still looking for his first truck series win. It feels like he's been close so many times before at Stuart Friesian. Now, he hasn't been as close in years past. I think GMS might be might be down a, a peg or two from where they were a year ago. Um, but still, uh, he's a guy who is extremely talented dirt racer here in the Northeast and up in Canada. Uh, Going to be up there at Kentucky tomorrow night trying to put on a show for everybody and see if he can pull off and go into the lane. Xfinity Series Racing on Friday night. The Osco 300 NASCAR Xfinity Series from Kentucky Speedway, uh, 38 cars, 38, 38 spots. No really surprises on the entry list, uh, big surprises, but there is one guy I want to give a shout-out to, and I know a lot of people kind of frown upon him over in recent years because of um, the fact that he's sort of been a starting part. Well, not sort of been, but he has been a starting park over the last couple of years, um, and that's Jeff Green, and Jeff Green's running his final Xfinity Series race of the year. There's talk it could be his final Xfinity race of his entire career. He's second on the all-time uh, Xfinity Series starts list. You know, and when he was in his day uh, in 2000, when he won a championship, he ran away with that and kicked everybody's butt. And that's his lasting mark in that Xfinity Series is how good he was when he won that championship over there in 2000. And even in 99 and 2001, he finished runner-up in the points. So um, just a quick shout-out to Jeff Green. And, um, you know, ran pretty good last weekend. I think he finished seventh at Daytona uh, in a – RSS car, so um, just a shout out to him. He's been on Talking Circles before, so um, you know, good, best of luck to him in, in his surgery he's going to have. That'll keep him out the rest of the year uh, in the Xfinity Series. Um, you know, we talked about the three big players: Tyler Reddick, um, um, Cole Custer, and of course Chris Rebell. Those are the big three right now in the Xfinity Series. You still have Allgaier, who I think is going to be a big factor in this series before too long. Um, you know, you also got Austin Sindrick, who's in the NM Penske car, John Hunter Nemechek in a GMS car. Um, what do you expect to see here, uh, Philip Matthew, on Saturday at – excuse me, on Friday night at Kentucky Speedway? Is it going to be one of the big three going out there and being the, the, the team to beat on Friday night? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it'll it'll be the status quo on uh, – Friday night. I, when you consider what the double zeros done on these cookie cutter racetracks uh, with Shiplet and the way he's always been able to do uh, work on those type of tracks with whoever he's been with, I do believe it, it starts and ends with uh, Cole Custer getting yet another win. Though I do believe that Chris Bell or more Tyler Reddick, because after Chicago, everyone talked, they built them up, and Chicago didn't go so well for him. And then you have Chris Bell, they're kind of lacking in a couple areas. 
they're both probably going to respond a little more this week compared to uh, previous weeks. And, I mean, outside of that, I mean, is there really anybody that's – I mean, there's other guys that are in this playoff. I do believe at some point Chase Briscoe is finally going to be able to kind of break through that wall that's been there for – this whole season, I, I feel like that team is uh, – Daytona was a perfect example. He got wrecked when he probably had a car that could have won this, the race. And uh, I think for him, I think for junior motorsports, some of these other efforts that have not been able to get over the hump. I mean, Justin Allgaier's that guy. Everyone's like, who's going to be the fourth person? As of now, it's Justin Allgaier. The fact he hasn't won a race this year is kind of interesting. Um, I, I do believe it'll be Cole Custer. I do believe the big three will make him be the main focus because the TV people don't know how to show anybody other than like three people anyway. But I do believe that, you know, when you're talking about a junior motorsports with the people that they're bringing to the racetrack, uh, this week, you know, outside of the one car and, uh, and you talk about uh, Chase Briscoe, those are going to be a couple people that could, you know, mess with that big three. And uh, that'll come up more. I think it'll become more apparent during the road course portion of the season, which comes up here in a few weeks as well. Oh, for sure. I totally agree with that. Um Bringing it back to Kentucky Speedway this weekend, Spencer. Um, who do you think? Who do you got this weekend? I mean, um, we talked about the big three, and really, I, I think the big three is, is the logical choice. But is there anybody else out there? You know, Philip gave us some good names. Anybody else you're keeping your eye on um, in this Xfinity series that can can make a dent and, and maybe pull it into victory lane tomorrow, or on, excuse me, on Friday night? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh... He's, I think he's going to, you know, make his mark and make his march towards big three. I'm going to go with Justin Algar. Um, you know, he led 32 laps here last year. Um, I mean, and he's with Junior Motorsports. That's a great program over there, even though they've been a little off. Um, you know, they they have a new sponsor on the car with Filter Time and Blake Cook and now Dale Jr. Um, with, uh, owns part of that now. So, um, you know, bringing a new sponsor and they want to um, – you know, park that thing in victory lane with that new sponsor. Um, so I think they're going to be um, competitive. I, I I know Justin Algar and Junior Motorsports, they want to win, um, especially Algar. You know, with him having that dominant season last year, um, he definitely is itching to find victory lane, I can tell you that. So I think uh, he's going to be competitive. And, you know, I, I like Reddick. I like Custer. You know, I'm kind of tired of Bell winning. You know, I wouldn't care to see Custer or uh, Reddick win. But I'm uh, let's have a new winner, and uh, I'm going to go with Justin Algar. Yeah, it would certainly add some intrigue into that series if somebody can go out there and uh, and not only just you know pull off a surprise win, but pull off a a, a good win um, in the in the Xfinity series because it's just like you guys have mentioned, it's been really uh, dominated by three drivers this season in the Xfinity series. Cup Series, Quaker State 400, presented by Walmart, Kentucky Speedways. This Saturday night, we're going to go racing at Kentucky Speedway. Um, again, 36 cars, no real surprises there. Um, what are your thoughts, Philip? Give me a quick on who you think 
can give give me an opportunity has an opportunity to go out and pull up the victory lane on Saturday night. I mean the the easy choice is Kyle Busch and Martin Truex because of the whole Toyota deal and how they've generally done well in the cookies. Uh, I mean personal bias aside, Brad Keselowski's been very well, very good at Kentucky Speedway. It probably helps that you know his the the trophy looks like him, but then that's beside the point. Uh, the I, Brad's always done well there, whether it's in Xfinity or in a Cup car. So if it isn't a Toyota uh, this weekend, I would say that Brad has a pretty good shot. Of course, with the um, Chevys have made progress with Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, things like that. And now, and I did check story. Uh, I heard that they weren't using PJ1. Now they, they, I did check and follow up, and they are using PJ1 at Kentucky Speedway. So it should allow for better racing with the slot car package that uh, Phelps loves so much. Yeah, it's um, they're also going to use it in New Hampshire. A lot of the SMI tracks really have taken the PJ1 and the I. Yeah, and the ISC tracks really haven't, so it's been kind of like a, a, both uh, major track companies sort of wrestling with each other. How about you, Spencer? Um, ex, uh, tough series event from Kentucky Speedway, Quaker State 400. Who's pulling in the victory lane on, on Saturday night? And we'll get back to you on that uh here in a second. Can you um, hear but, yeah, I think yeah, you're good. Who do you, who do you got pulling the victory lane on on Saturday night? I'm gonna have to switch it up and go with a different name. He finished second last year and only led one lap. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Ryan Blaney. I think it's his turn. You know, he's the only one out of the Penske. And you know, let's face it. If if I'm not mistaken, almost his whole organization has won this year, except Ryan Blaney. So I really think it's his turn to park his 12. Um, card in victory lane and um you know he really wants to win knowing watching his teammates winning so uh had a great run there last year in second like i said only led one lap but i think he's going to go out there and uh try to mix up the field a little bit and put a forward in victory lane and um you know it's his turn that's for sure so i'm gonna go with ryan blaney and you know there's the always the same guys but i'm tired of saying their names every week so ryan blaney's my pick yeah, be a good win for him to go out there and um, really change some things up here in the Cup Series. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. You know, a year ago he was so close to winning this race with uh, with uh, Kyle Busch. So um, I think he's got a, certainly an opportunity to go out there and um, and win this weekend. He's good in the mile and a half. You know, I think Chevrolet really proved themselves well at Chicagoland a few weeks a few weekends back. So uh, I think, you know, Chevrolet could be an opportunity to – excuse me, that was not Kentucky that I was talking about before. But um, a few weekends back, they really proved themselves well at Chicagoland, the Chevrolets. Whether or not they can sustain that is going to be interesting to see. Uh, and Chase Elliott's also going to have a shot at it. But um, I, I think Larson, with his mile-and-a-half prowess, uh, finished second here in 2017. I think he's got an opportunity to pull it off and go to victory lane uh, on Saturday night. So I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking in Circles. It's going to be a very interesting weekend of racing at Kentucky Speedway as we get back to 
more of a traditional style racing other than what we saw at the super speedways. And, um, you know, we'll see it on Sunday after the weekend at Kentucky. We'll see you next time on Talking in Circles. Good night, everybody.